three, two, one. Hey, hotshots, welcome back to Anyone Can Run, the podcast all about cerebral cultivation, aka establishing our marathon mentality both on and off the race course. I am your host, True Bros, aka Gabe, aka the Texas Brisket Monster, and I am an NCCA certified personal trainer, YouTuber, and sneakerhead who specializes in helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This podcast covers everything new members of the running community need to know to dominate their first race, whether it's a 5K, full marathon, or anything in between. We also discuss how to establish our marathon mindsets, because our journey on the road to Gainesville is just one small part of who we are as individuals. I'd like to kick off today's conversation with a little story time anecdote. Back when I was actively training clients, I had a friend who had a son who was about to graduate high school. My friend's son wanted to play intramural, intramural, is that how you say it? Intramural? I think that's the word, but intramural sports in college. And maybe do a tryout for one of the various sports teams. My friend knew I was a trainer, so they asked if I'd meet with them and give them some pointers and possibly take them on as a client. For context... At the time, my personal training was going fairly well. I had multiple in-person clients, and even more, I consulted with weekly or bi-weekly online. So my schedule was solid, and while I did have some flexibility to take on more, I'd always been very selective with those I entered a professional relationship with. Reason being, I never made people sign long-term contracts, other than the standard park and liability docs, Because I wanted to have open lines of communications, and we'd go from there. So anyways, get back to the story. My friend brought their son, and we met at a coffee shop or a Whole Foods or something. I don't really remember. But after 30 minutes or so, I took my friend aside, told them I didn't think it was going to work out. And while I saw a flicker of that uh, parental anger, which tends to cross some people's faces, my friend and I knew each other very well. And my friend trusted my judgment. So down the road, my friend asked me why I said no. And I told them that I got the impression that their son was more interested in saying they lift weights and saying they work out rather than actually going through the process. And if you're trying to be a competitive athlete, you got to love the process. My friend chewed on that or chewed on that rather for a few seconds and said, dang, I think you might be right. And that was the end of that discussion. There was no hard feelings, and we moved on. I relay this little anecdote because today I'd like us to break down what it means to be a quote-unquote runner. If you're brand new to our little corner of the internet, allow me to say I don't like to mince words or waste time. This isn't the sort of motivational podcast where I'm your cheerleader telling you, just one more rep, you got this, or anything like that. There's certainly a place for that, and I'll never knock anyone who gets motivated in that way, but our podcast here is all about cultivating our marathon mindset with zero fluff. You want to know the secret to being a runner? It's real simple. Consider yourself one and go for a run every now and again. Now, if you want to be a marathoner, you've got to knock out at least one full 26.2 mile hitter because that's just the denotation of the word. 
But as far as I'm concerned, being a runner is just a matter of considering yourself one. When discussing a subjective term like runner, and not something which has a strict denotation such as the word marathoner, there's potential for quite a bit of variation in how we all choose to define it. My ask is you not get too hung up on things such as titles, accolades, even buzzwords such as personal record or, as runners like to say, PR. I mention this not because I want to trivialize any of those things. They matter, and they can certainly bolster your confidence. But as we hammered home at length during our last conversation about our health and fitness journey, and really, even running itself... Running is just one small part of who we are as individuals. It's really just one small part of our health and fitness journey. Living healthy and fit is a lifestyle. It's not a gimmick. There's no person on planet Earth who can force you to do something you don't want to, even if it feels like that's not the case sometimes. I mentioned this, and another reason I relayed that little story at the beginning of today's conversation is because you can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. I left the personal training game for a myriad of reasons, but a contributing factor was my desire to provide more individuals with the tools to develop self-confidence and self-awareness. I can't get the whole world to line up beside me at the start line for a race, nor would I want that because the field would be way too dang crowded. And even if I could, Not everyone enjoys pounding the pavement. It's all about finding what works for your predilections, your schedule, and your interests. More often than not, the best way to figure all that out is through a conversation. I will admit that although our discussions here are slightly one-sided, I do my best to provide context and reasoning behind specific decisions because hopefully you're able to understand where I'm coming from. I know that we've gone on a bit of a tangent, as I am wont to do, so I apologize. Let's, let's get back on track. As a personal trainer, my goal was always to have my clients not need me because they were knowledgeable and confident enough to live healthy and fit without needing to be under supervision or needing that little reminder on the calendar. Given time is the most valuable resource any of us have, I never wanted to spend my time trying to sell myself or convince someone that they needed my assistance. I'd much rather work with someone who already has the desire to get to work, but doesn't know how to take that first step. However, I've also worked with driven, disciplined psychomaniacs who got too focused on one goal, and that's a tough trap. As we discussed in what I believe was our most recent episode, I've worked with many people who conflate self-confidence with performance, meaning they're a hotshot athlete and they go and stink up the court or the field during a game, their confidence can be a little shaken. While I understand that sentiment, in my eyes, self-confidence should be predicated upon your experience and self-awareness, knowing what you're good at, knowing what you can improve upon, knowing how to push yourself and when to rein it all in, knowing that you're confident in your abilities, but maybe the shot's not falling, so you need to adjust today. Just all that sort of stuff, to me, embodies what self-confidence is. 
when I was working with those hotshot psychomaniacs, the bulk of our conversation while training would be me probing to figure out why their confidence was so fragile or why it was so inextricably intertwined with their performance. The justification varied from individual to individual, as you can imagine, but something they all had in common was they got very hung up on titles, performance, accolades, all that sort of stuff. I know a bunch of people who were professional musicians who would fall into the same mental trap. Focus on performance and constant improvement is something we should all be doing. But in my experience, this is amplified by those who have aspirations related to their careers for obvious reasons. That's why I mention musicians and those on the cusp of becoming professional athletes really kind of share that same mind state, or at least something that I've noticed in my experience. I have no misconceptions about my physical prowess. And even if I were to dedicate myself to trying to become a professional athlete when I was younger, I doubt I would have been anywhere near that elite level. And for those who are in that general stratosphere, like on the cusp of being elite, because I've worked with a lot of those people, or a handful of people, right? There's probably millions, but I've only worked with maybe a couple dozen. But for those people, tunnel vision and being focused on goals is something that is a necessity. But we can't allow those to have an adverse impact on our overall mental state. I've seen athletes obsess over trimming a few seconds off their PR. And to do this, they overtrained or dehydrated themselves or only ate food they couldn't stand or sometimes even malnourished themselves in hopes of trimming off a teeny bit of weight to get faster. In my estimation, all those actions need to be avoided at all costs. Our goal as healthy, keyword there is healthy for the sake of today's conversation. Anyways, Our goal as healthy, fit, and positive human beings is always to be better than we were yesterday. If we aren't eating, hydrating, or sleeping right, or we're overtraining and injuring ourselves, or at least increasing our risk of injury, not only is our performance not going to improve, but we're likely to experience a litany of both physical and mental issues. So, to me, I don't see how you're being better than you were yesterday, If you're not sleeping and you don't feel good and your head's not in the right space that it needs to be in. Now, I'm not trying to make it seem like the mental state of professional and I guess leisure, quote unquote, athletes are the exact same because it's absolutely not not the case. But there are common threads. You want to be a runner? Go for a run every now and then and then consider yourself one. If Now, if you want to be a professional runner whose primary source of income comes from running, that's a different conversation entirely and I'll readily admit isn't one that I'm qualified to lead. I mention all this because if you got a job or a family or you're going to school and you're interested in running or lifting weights, go out and do it. Working out is the most approachable form of self-care we as human beings can engage in. So long as you're being smart and safe about it, there are literally no drawbacks other than the potential for injury, but I mean, really, that's possible anywhere. We should always aim to improve. 
but we should never let one desire or goal supersede everything else in our life that makes us who we are. Remember, mileage, pace, and speed are important, especially if you're a runner. But the act of running or engaging in exercise in general is done to improve our quality of life. Sure, I love the feeling of crossing a finish line of a race, but spending a week running around Walt Disney World and Universal Studios while vlogging, eating, riding rides, walking multiple miles, and not getting tired or not running out of energy is something I personally value infinitely more than just whatever my average pace per mile is that day. Like we always say, who we are outside the gym is much more important than who we are inside of it. When I think about the sport of running, I naturally consider myself to be a runner. I run regularly, completed multiple races, I own a couple pairs of running shoes, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've mentioned this before, but the thing I find fascinating about distance running specifically, so running any distance over five miles, is the discipline it takes to remain focused. As such, this is an internal designation I only apply to myself, so I apologize if this sounds out of left field. But when I think about distance running, to me, it's more than just the physical component. It's more than just the gear you need, the way you fuel, the getting out and pounding the pavement. Distance running is extremely monotonous. You literally are just doing the same thing over and over. And if you're going for a half or full marathon, you're literally going to be doing the exact same thing for hours on end. That's not particularly interesting or exciting, no matter how you slice it. But when I think about distance running, it's all about the mental endurance and strength required to remain dialed in for hours at a time. Variety is the spice of life. I vehemently believe that whether we're talking about food, content, exercise, anything and everything... I personally want to try and see more things because there's a lot in this world I'm oblivious to. And especially when I had only been working out regularly for a couple years, I experimented with a wide variety of workouts. That's how I discovered my affinity for both boxing and rowing and learned Olympic-style lifts and CrossFit-style HIIT or high-intensity interval training are things that I really have no love for. It's engaging from both a mental and physical standpoint to try new things. And I know this is why the wife is such a big fan of circuit training classes. No two classes are ever the same. You're trying different workouts in a group setting while music's thumping. All that kind of stuff creates an intriguing and for her, a very inviting atmosphere. However, as someone who is all about cultivating their marathon mindset and who also focuses inward quite a bit, I love the physical act of working out, have a strong distaste for group settings and dislike super loud environments. All of that means that those group classes hold no interest for me. I came to appreciate the mental focus and discipline required to focus, for lack of a better term, on the exact same mental task for hours on end. I recall when I was younger, 
When something seemed boring or monotonous to me, I'd immediately disregard it. I've worked with a number of clients who would tell me they didn't like running, but that they didn't mind it, and that's a sentiment I share. And they'd say that they wouldn't sign up for a race because it seemed boring to them. Now, I completely get that. And if you have no interest in something, you shouldn't do it, especially when we're talking about something you do for yourself, such as exercising. Now, that being said, I've seen people use that excuse that, oh, I'm not interested in it, or, or it's boring. I've seen people use that as a justification for not signing up for a race. But, but because they were scared of the challenge of running a race. And that's the thing I can't stand. There were a couple times when I actually would run people's first race with them. And every single time without fail, around the halfway mark or perhaps a little after, I'd see the facial expression shift because they collided with the reality of the task they've undertaken. And they realize just how difficult it truly is. Running a race is not easy. And sure, some races have things like on-course entertainment and photo ops. But at the end of the day, no one else is taking a single step of that race for you. After we'd cross the finish line, they'd laugh it off. But you gotta bear in mind, this, these were people I was in close proximity to for months and sometimes years at a time. I could tell they wanted to quit because they didn't have the ability or they hadn't focused enough or because they struggled with maintaining focus for hours on end. Not because of the physical, because I trained with them and most of the time they were in better shape than I was. But I could tell that that ability to maintain focus on the exact same task for hours on end was something that maybe just hadn't fully developed yet. Now, of course, I'm not talking about physical issues, right? Because if you're feeling ill or in pain, to heck with completing a race, really to heck with even working out. Call it quits, take care of yourself. And if you need to meet with your medical professional, because your health is more important than any piece of metal or a ribbon. But to quit because you're not zeroed in mentally, to me, and I know this may come across as reductive and perhaps harsh, but in my eyes, if you want to quit, because you just can't focus or because you're mentally quote-unquote bored? To me, that's little more than a lack of discipline, focus, and self-confidence. It's not inherently natural to remain focused on a repetitive task for hours on end. It's absolutely a learned skill. This is why I've concentrated my fitness-related efforts on making content as opposed to training individuals one-on-one. It's much easier to help someone cultivate discipline, focus, critical thinking, self-confidence, and all that through long-form conversations and personal examples than it is via in-person training once or twice a week. Now, I know we're getting a little off track, and for that, I apologize. To get back to the original point, for me, running is all about discipline. I do it because I'm indifferent to it. Really, I'm indifferent to the act of running. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I could take it or leave it. But I'm primarily interested in the mental focus and discipline it requires. The medals, the feeling of accomplishment you get from crossing a finish line are great. And of course, I exercise because I hope to live a long life where I'm strong, confident, and healthy. But the mental focus required is the primary reason I engage in distance running. 
There's a fair chance that you don't share that same sentiment, and that's quite all right. We're all unique individuals with our own predilections and interests. As I mentioned, in my head, distance running is more about the cerebral aspect required. And I restate this because I'd encourage you to truly think about what you find interesting about running or just working out in general. Now, I don't mean why you actually do it. That's a whole other conversation we've already had, and I'll drop a link to that previous episode in the description of today's. What I mean is what you find enjoyable about the process personally. Whenever I do something and I'm making content, I'm cleaning around my house, I'm doing my actual job, I'm packing or unpacking, anything. Whenever I'm doing pretty much anything, I think of it like a game. Whether it's a -a collect-a-thon, me crossing side quests off a checklist like fold the laundry, vacuum downstairs, breaking things down piece by piece, and then focusing on the big picture, I'm always kind of envisioning those things like a video game. When we're talking about something like mental discipline, however, tried as it may sound, I like to think of this as me training to boost a specific stat like my intelligence or perception. Fallout fans will appreciate, I'm always trying to boost what makes me special, aka everything like my strength, endurance, perception, you get the idea. I mentally view running the same way, a means for me to improve my muscular and cardiovascular strength and endurance, while also working on my ability to focus, as well as my mental endurance. Maybe you consider yourself a runner. And maybe you're just a psychomaniac who enjoys the soothing sound of my voice. Regardless, you need to find what you enjoy most about the process and then actually incorporate that into your perspective or your active thoughts. On the same note, something I say all the time in the workplace is perception is reality, meaning your intent ain't worth much. It's all about remaining cognizant how your actions and words can be interpreted by a myriad of audiences. Of course, we can't account for everything, but things like our tone, whether it be written or verbal, our diction, these are all things we can keep in mind when communicating. We can do the same when it comes to our perspective or how we're choosing to view things. We've the ability to dictate how we perceive things. That's the difference between beating yourself up over a mistake and viewing it as a learning opportunity to keep in the back of your mind to keep yourself from hopefully repeating it down the road. Just how we remain cognizant of how our actions or words can be interpreted by others, we should always remain cognizant of the fact perception is reality. So we should dictate our perspective. I choose to remain as positive as possible at all times because negativity does nothing for my health either physically or mentally. I mention this because feeling hopeless or powerless is something that absolutely grinds my gears. And over the years, I've worked with many people who neglect the fact that we can dictate how we perceive things. I know we're talking very vague and kind of philosophical, so I want to give an example of the power of perspective. I worked with clients who participated in both team and individual sports, many who just wanted to knock out high mileage hitters and rack up miles and medals, and then plenty who just wanted to learn about working out and begin a 
regimen. Every plan and conversation that I had was catered to each individual. But I recall one person who really wanted to tackle their first race. And they signed up for a half marathon with like eight months notice or something like that. Plenty of time to build up a foundation and cross the finish line in the upright position. After two or three months of working with this individual, I could see they were progressing. And they were trying their darndest to get mentally dialed in, aka aggressive with their training, which y'all know I'm a big fan of. But they had trouble reaching that next step, that next gear, the next level. This wasn't due to a lack of effort or commitment or anything like that. I knew they wanted it based on how they conversed about their training and the level of effort they were putting forth during our sessions. One day, I asked them something to the effect of, how do you mentally approach your training? They mentioned they were training for a half marathon with aspirations of completing a full down the road. After conversing a little more, and this is kind of how I articulated it or the conclusion I reached in my head, but I could see they viewed their training very much in the same manner of the old adage, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Especially when we're talking about distance running, that's a natural sentiment. But I wanted to help push this client to get to the next level mentally. I wanted them to get a little aggressive, like we discussed in our aggression is good conversation. So I asked them how they thought a boxer, a mixed martial artist, basically any type of combat athlete, would mentally approach their training. To help guide this conversation and help them reach the conclusion I was alluding to, I mentioned how if you were a fighter, you'd have to consider both offense and defensive, and you'd can't hesitate or be overly defensive because then you're just weathering shots and accumulating damage, getting your stamina worn down, kind of all that stuff, right? It's, it's all about balance. And eventually, they picked up what I was putting down. When you're trying to avoid damage and stop the other person, even if you're in a sport, obviously, you kind of mentally approach it like you're in a fight for your life while remaining focused, strategic, and maintaining a willingness to adapt. Essentially. You've got to be smart and a little aggressive if you want to come out with a win. I used this analogy with that individual because I knew it was something they'd understand because they were a big fan of MMA. But it became something I kind of alluded to regularly in the years since. I encouraged all my clients, whether we were training for a race, for a specific sport, or just general health and fitness, to approach their training like they're a fighter. And it's something I encourage all of you to do as well. Over the years, I've worked with a variety of different individuals. And when someone was dialed in, but couldn't reach that next gear from a mental standpoint, more often than not, I found the issue to be their mental approach. Now bear in mind, even though I worked with a variety of people from different cultural and socioeconomic backgrounds, they were all American and they all lived in the state of Texas, except for those I consulted with remotely. So this next statement or portion, I guess, is a bit of a generalization. Something I do every single moment I'm awake is move with a sense of urgency. We discussed this at length during our Racing Against the Clock discussion, but I know my time upon this earth is limited, and I don't intend intend that as a morbid sentiment simply mean there's a lot I want to see and do while I'm here, so I want to fit 
as much as possible into every day. Now, this is absolutely a personality quirk. But whenever the wife or someone is like, ah, you know, just relax, my immediate response in my head is to go, nah, 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 that ain't something I do. This isn't to say I'm constantly wound up or anything like that. I want to believe I'm a fairly easygoing person, but I know that I'm very particular. I just mean that I do everything with a sense of urgency. I walk quickly, whether I'm at the grocery store or rope dropping Universal Studios. I want people to do the same, especially as it relates to their training. I want them to move with a sense of urgency. I'm exerting maximum mental effort and moving with a sense of urgency. Because if you're doing that, to me, that indicates you're taking your training as seriously as possible. Obviously, there are caveats to this. But as we discuss regularly, it's all about balance. For the sake of argument, Let's say you consider yourself a runner and you're training for a full 26.2 mile marathon. Are you going to be giving maximum physical effort every step of that race? Of course not. It's literally a marathon and not a sprint. When I say I when I say that I approach my training as a fighter and I encourage my clients to do the same. I mean I'm taking it serious and putting forth a maximum level of effort mentally. If I were to have a momentary lapse in focus while I'm in the ring with an opponent, I'd likely get clocked and possibly knocked out. Same thing happens when I'm on the racetrack. If I were to lose focus for a second, I'm likely to trip or slip. If I want to get stronger or faster or improve my running cadence, I'm not going to be doing constant sprints. I'm going to exert more effort sometimes, rein it in at other times, to ensure I'm able to meet my assigned targets, and hopefully exceed my threshold. I know that it's a bit of a clumsy metaphor, so I don't want to keep hammering this home. But to me, it's all about focus and effort. If you want to be a runner in my book, go out for a run every now and again. Boom, you're a runner. If you don't consider yourself one, but you run regularly, why not? Perception is reality. And be honest. Are you holding yourself back mentally? Are you trivializing your accomplishments or the level of effort that you're putting forward? The reason I'm so open with y'all about the issues I've endured, overcome, and I'm still wrestling with isn't because it's so dang fun. It's because I'm trying to get you to have an honest conversation with yourself. In my experience, I've seen people very, very averse to doing this. I tend to be very direct because I see no benefit beating around the bush in most circumstances. Of course, there are exceptions, but when we're talking about our internal dialogue, why be anything but direct? I know our conversation today has bounced around a bit, and I apologize if you're driving or running or in the gym, and at various points you've rolled your eyes or just thought, huh? My goal is never to confuse, just to provide context. When I think about the concept or definition of what it means to be a runner, to me, it's all about focusing on the process and cultivating my mental discipline and focus. What it means to you likely depends on the aspects of running you enjoy most, but I'd encourage you to take a macro perspective if you're struggling to find something specific you're interested in. Never forget, we're in total control of our perspective. 
So even though I'm not a particularly enthusiastic runner, I learned to love it by dictating what I'm deriving from pounding the pavement. I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you're seeing what I see, that truly anyone can run. We try to drop new episodes every other workout Wednesday, so make sure you smash that subscribe button. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at AnyoneCanRunPod or at TrueBros. If you need more gains, do me a solid and pound that subscribe button on YouTube as I'm typically dropping a new video every single Muscle Monday. It also helps when you leave a quick rating and review in your podcast app of choice to help us dominate the charts. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast. And if you did, don't forget to pound that subscribe button. If you didn't enjoy it well, you get what you pay for. And regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road to Gainesville.